Welcome to the show, Sports and Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, Light 365, iHeartRadio. We have Hood Rich Entertainment on Hood Rich Radio, host of Big Facts, who goes by the name of DJ Scream. DJ Scream, what's going on, man? Welcome to the show. How's it going today? What's up with you, man? What's up? Everything good? I'm doing pretty well. How's everything going with for you down there in Atlanta? I know there's some tough times going on down there right now, especially with the artists and hip hop scene. Yeah, no, nah, it's just basically uh definitely some uh Definitely some unfortunate circumstances going on. Um, I think even even outside of just uh, just speaking of Atlanta, I think just the gun violence everywhere is just unheard of right now, right? So uh, just got to stay prayed up, protect that energy, and definitely pray for uh, anybody that's going through some of those uh, unfortunate circumstances firsthand. Yeah. You've been outspoken about the NRA for years and about gun control, and, and you believe that there should be there needs to be action taken here. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, un, everybody understands political stances and everybody understands, uh, um, you know, uh, business and economic growth. But when it starts to impact our kids and human life, then we have to reevaluate that. No one's against a person having a business and making money. That's the uh, that's the that's the foundation of this country. Right. But yeah. when when kids are dying in hives and we're having eight mass shootings in one weekend in the United States, of America, then we need to reevaluate. So yeah. that's kind of where I stand with it. Yeah. The, the senators and congressmen have to get their crap together and put some votes here to get some gun control laws in here, especially with background checks. But I want to get into the beginning of your story, just being in Atlanta and originally growing up in a household where your mom and dad actually met in a record store in New York city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, but that's just it. I think they were in there. Maybe my pops buying some Bob Marley. He was a big Bob Marley fan. Maybe my mom's buying some jazz or something, some Coltrane. And uh, it's definitely, uh, it's funny how things can be embedded in your DNA because when my daughter, I have an eight-month-old daughter, and when she hears music, she, it, she stops crying immediately. It's crazy. Like, I put on some music, she'll just start, stop crying and start smiling. So I know when she's able to get up and move and dance and everything, it's going to be embedded. She just hit her first hood rich drop the other day. I put on the turn to hood rich. <laughs> so maybe the legacy will live on. I think it will. And just thinking about it because the music was always played in your household and it felt natural to you. You've even spoken about it before when you touched your turntable, it felt like Kobe touching a basketball. Mm, that's, 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 that's my first true love for sure. Turntables, vinyl, DJ. That's definitely my first, first true love. Yeah. And you saved up your own money to get your first set of turntables at a pawn store. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I skipped out and didn't eat lunch. So I would uh, wow. I would eat breakfast in the morning and I'll go and I'll basically everybody start looking at me like, your parents don't give you lunch money or something? Like, no, nah, it's not about that, man. Trust me. Just uh, let me get one of your fries. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> let me get one of your nuggets. And like if I can get one thing from each of my friends, I got a meal and I can hoard this three dollars. And at the end of two months, I have enough to buy some turntables. And it literally went that way. That's dedication right there. And you were studying the Yo! MTV raps and you looked at Juice for inspiration with the rap battles. Mm-hmm. And you were noticing the guys, Gangstar and DJ Premier and the DJs back then noticed the guy in the background look cool. Yeah, uh, just coming up watching um, TV, like you said, some of those movies, Yo! MTV raps, BT, Rap City and everything uh, for me in my neighborhood everybody was rapping i mean everybody wanted to be a rapper this is the beginning of it like in atlanta and the first i kind of of course we all tried rapping you probably have too right but i kind of realized pretty, <laughs> not really good at this you know what I'm saying? 
<laughs> and I don't think I'm going to get any better at this. So uh, the turntables and the DJ was always kind of captivating to me. Your Pete Rock's premieres, your DJ Magic Mics, your DJ Screws. Um, you know what I mean? Just kind of seeing those people in the background. Back then, you would hear Eric B. and Rakim. You know what I mean? DJ Pete, right? Like you were here to DJ first. So, um, yeah, once I finally got a chance to kind of interact with turntables and just interact with the art, like I said, I just fell in love. And I, I think it was my first power thing where I'm like, oh, I can play music and make people happy or sad or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is actually... I have the power to control the playlist of the music that's playing and people react to it and people get passionate, like play this or people will come thank me. Like you saved my day. You played my song. And I'm like, Oh wow. You know what I mean? So it's cool. I, I want to get into this DJ that gave you a tutorial it goes by the name of DJ Nino. Mm-hmm. He gave you a tutorial. He put you on the board, taught you something for like five minutes. And then he said that was it because he wanted you to lock yourself in your room and find your style. At what mm-hmm. point after you got your turntables in which he gave you this tutorial? Oh, that was probably, uh, that's when I started saving. So probably a couple months later, you know what I mean? And that's, that's probably the most, um, one of the most valuable things that ever happened to me because I was, I literally, I've been able to, be relevant this long and move because I did create my own style. You know what I mean? Um, I pride myself on like sounding like or DJing like anybody else. Like I'm literally just me. So I, I even flip that back to other people. Like as you're learning how to do anything, especially as a creator, of course there's certain said rules of things and certain, like there's a way that you should drive a car. Right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know what I mean? You don't you don't you don't want to be a copycat of everybody else. To be, to be influenced by the greats is fine, but you want to kind of find your own way. And that's the only way you're going to be unique and innovative enough to, you know, make your brand different than everybody else's. Do you feel so like today, because when you look at the music scene, that there's less individuality and people are just following what everyone else is doing? Yeah, because it's easy. And because YouTube teaches everything. Right. So yeah. <laughs> you want to be a podcaster, go to YouTube. You want to fix your car, go to YouTube. You want to. DJ go to YouTube, you know what I'm saying? And I think that when it comes to like a handy handyman stuff around the house, that's cool. But no one can really teach you how to be an artist or a creator. You know what I'm saying? That's something that's kind of within. And uh, you kind of shorten yourself. Um, you know, you kind of shorten yourself when you when you do it that way because you're not being your creator. Like you have to be if if um, if Jay Z wanted to be just like I don't know. Um, Karis one, then he wouldn't be Jay Z. He would sound like Karis one. Uh, for everybody that wants to, uh, for everybody that wants to, you know, uh, uh, what am I trying to say here? For everybody that wants to be uh, inspired by the greats, that's okay. But if you want to become Apple or Microsoft or Amazon or anything like that, then you're gonna have to innovate, create, and you're gonna have to be different. So I just try to instill that in the people because it's so important. Speaking of Karis One, you mentioned him. He was the first rapper that you discovered on TV because you were watching guys like Prince and Michael Jackson, and you're like, "Oh man, these guys are weird with their hair and everything." Yes, that was. I remember I was a little kid, and I remember just seeing this guy just rapping. Who is this guy just rapping? And I think like Public Enemy came on after that or something like that. Like, what are these guys talking about? Where is Michael? but it's crazy uh as i began uh uh, from atlanta was in atlanta parents moved back to new york and then i actually firsthand kind of saw hip-hop 
as you would see it. I saw people breakdancing and like rapping in circles and spinning on their head and people spray painting the wall. I didn't know, I didn't know what was going on. Like it was kind of a culture shock. But when I came back and I started to like watch TV and learn more about this thing called hip hop, I'm like, oh, that's what I was just witnessing up there. Like, I guess that's like real hip hop because the hip hop in Atlanta at that time was significantly different. We were like booty shaped music, freak Nick, that type of stuff. It was different, but uh, nonetheless, it was all it was all super dope just to get involved with, and, um, just to kind of see, man, and uh, just to see how the art has grown internationally is just dope, you know. And yeah. to be a part of it is even doper. And especially being in the scene in the mixtape era, which you helped out a lot in, in this booming of the Atlanta hip hop scene, it's really taking hip hop to be the number one genre. Oh yeah, I think that I don't, I don't think that's debatable. Like when people talk about pop music, I say hip hop is pop. There's no more popular music. There's nothing that influences pop culture more than hip hop. Um, it's the universal language. You know what I'm saying? I've been all around the world, and the one thing is, you can have someone that maybe doesn't look like you, doesn't necessarily agree with you, but when that music come on, it's like, hey. We all know the words to this Snoop Dogg or this DMX, you know what I'm saying? So for the next three minutes, we cool, you know what I mean? So it's, it's a beautiful thing. That's right. High school parties had a big influence on you because you started out DJing for which your partner actually, Rip. Yeah, well, so hot, hot, well, Rip, okay, so in Tuskegee, shout out to my partner, DJ Caesar, uh, we did most of the college parties. When I uh, was done with college and went back came back to Atlanta, I ran into Rip, who was my high school friend. He was throwing parties and that's kind of how Hoodrich was formed. So we were throwing parties, high school parties and I mean like, this is where you would see like Trillville, Crime Mob, Lil Scrappy, all these people before they became who they were, just trying to get on and I was kind of like the DJ that was playing their music and breaking their music. You dig what I'm saying? So uh, that's how the seed for Hoodrich was planted and just kind of went up from there. It went up from there. You were getting exposure starting out on the college stations, Auburn and Georgia State as well, and going to learn about engineering. Yeah, I was going to learn about engineering and math. Uh, it was cool. It's definitely uh, definitely uh, a plus to always be educated, but I kind of knew uh, deep down in my uh, DNA that I, I was like this, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do something with music. You know what I'm saying? I just felt that. So I did finish. I ended up getting a math and computer science degree. It's important, like I said, if you're able to, to, uh, be educated but I uh yeah I, I didn't you know what I mean I have a degree and I'm grateful for Tuskegee as many Americans I also have a ton of student loan debt that I'm waiting on them to relieve um but <laughs> nonetheless it was a, it was a beautiful experience like I said to be able to get educated it, would you recommend it for artists today? It's always important to stay in school, but sometimes artists say that it's in order to make it in the game and be a rapper, they like to take the Kanye approach and dropping out of college oh. and going early. Um, Get educated. Get educated doesn't mean um, you have to go to a traditional school. Uh, find a way to be, especially if you're going to do music, find a way to be financially literate, whatever that is. I mean, you can, you can, you can just take a course, you know what I'm saying? Um, Get educated is what I say. Know what industry you're getting into. Know how you get paid. Know how you should invest your money. Know about publishing. You know what I'm saying? Know every every part of the industry. Whatever you're getting into, get educated about it. If it's media, if it's fashion, if it's modeling, if it's 
freaking the cannabis industry if it's legal in your state whatever it is get educated about the ins and outs of not even just the creative side of it but the business side of it so that's the thing that i just push to people there's no way you're 17 years old and you're just super knowledgeable and educated about everything in the world you know what i mean but we have to we have to look at the different world that we're in um you got 17 year olds and 16 and 15 year olds and tiktok making more in one month than people are making in two years from their jobs so you have to be uh, mindful of like things have changed in the way that you create your money and your business is different, but you still have to understand your business because it's one thing to make money, but it's a whole different thing to keep that money. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're exactly right. And well said with that. It's important to go get educated. That's the main thing to do, especially in getting into the entertainment business. If you want to be on the business side of things, especially, but something that was and it had an amazing impact and just was something that was instrumental here was when Rick Ross called you. And he told you that he wanted to rock with you. And he wasn't like everyone else that was just trying to get on one of your mixtapes. He wanted to build a relationship with you. He said that he saw you and you were going to eventually work together. And he eventually called you one day out of the blue. He asked you for your name and your birthday and everything and flew you out. Yeah, that's exactly how it happened. Um, it was, you know, learn a lot, learn a lot, uh, you know, working with him uh, about the business side. Um about the hustler side and about the, how to kind of look at things um, from a different perspective. I think that it's kind of like uh, we're built into this is how it should be done. But the only way, again, that you, that you start to learn that you're going to separate yourself is to do it differently. So I learned a lot from him. Um, obviously, that's a classic mixtape. Rich forever, you know what I'm saying, that we were able to put together, put out some records and just supported that team and learn a lot from them, you know what I'm saying, and it's all love when I see them to this day. And and even getting that email blast with Rick Ross's verse on a John Legend song. That meant yeah, that a lot was, to you. Yeah, that was crazy because, again, like, I didn't – people would hear me like, you know, he just shouted you out. I'm like, why? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not that I'm mad. He was like, it was like he only shouted out three DJs and you were one of them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He only shouted out three DJs and you were one of them. So, um, yeah, it's just crazy. You know what I'm saying? Learned a lot from him. Learned a lot, obviously, uh, before him with the, my affiliations, recipes, my brother, Shawty Lowe, you know what I'm saying? We made mixtape history. I was able to work with Gucci, man, Rocco, Plies, Soldier Boy, so many others, man. I've, I've been I've been blessed to work with a lot of good people and learn a lot from them. And even you mentioned Lowe, rest in peace. He was the one that introduced you to Rocco. Mm-hmm. Rocco wanted to do a Gangster Grills, and Lowe was like, nah, but DJ Scream's my man. And, and- I don't know, no, see, I don't know where that, I don't know where that, well, you know what? That is that is factual. Shawty Lowe actually was going to do a Gangsta Grills, but it was the people in the crew that let him know that, yo, you know you got a DJ that's pretty dope too that can do mixtapes and stuff. So I gave him some of my mixtapes, and he was like, man, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it with you, and we're going to build you up. You know what I'm saying? So that was love. And then at the time, you know, that was just the the thing to do. Like, you do a Gangsta Grills with drum. Like, that's just what you do. But even drum, and everybody knew, like, I mean, Scream's probably the next in line in the streets with the streets going crazy, doing, you know, most of the really like Atlanta street mixtapes. Um, and Lowe's just like, Rocco, I think you should at least have this conversation with Scream and Rip and consider doing your um, your mixtape with him because, you know, that the Hoodridge brand is on fire right now. And this is something, this is a person we trying to build up, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, no, not to anybody else, but we trying to build him up because, you know, we know he's going to keep it, keep it 100 with us. 
and, and Rocco introduced you to Future, and he was on the couch, and he was quiet That's, at the time. That, that, that is that is actually true. Rocco, uh, Future was Future was working on his mixtape. Rocco would be, I mean, Future would be like in the uh, the, the in the studio, just kind of chilling, always just kind of chilling, mellow, just always just wanted to work. And uh, shout out to my partner Rip, 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 Rip. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He he created a relationship with Future. And then sometime after, you know, we uh, 1000 was Future's mixtape. I was uh, privileged to host that, which led to Dirty Sprite, which was me, Esco, and um, uh, X-Rated. You know what I mean? That's another classic. So, yeah, we, we, we put in some work, some classic mixtapes out there. From that point in meeting him on the couch and seeing all the work that was put in, especially working on Dirty Sprite, when did you see Future's vision in which Rocco said that this is going to be the next biggest artist right there? You know what? I think I, I think when I first heard 1000, I was working on it. I got it. I was like, no, the homie is special. You know when somebody is special. You just know when, you just know. You know what I'm saying? You can't really explain it. You just know when someone's special. You know when music is special. And you know when you're being a part of, you can kind of feel it internally when you're being a part of a, a special moment. You know what I'm saying? So I'm happy for all his success. Not only was he uh, able to become uh, one of the uh, hottest artists, you know, he's he's managed to uh, maintain and stay consistent and, and, and be and be relevant for I think futures going on 15 years. Maybe, yeah. Something like that. Um, very influential to the culture. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm, I'm super happy to be a, a part of his legacy. And even working with Migos and the amazing impact that they had right on as soon as they entered the game and working on the song Versace. Were you there when they got the verse from Drake for the Versace remix? I was not there. I was working on a mixtape, not the song, but I did I did the mixtape and then we put the mixtape out and that was one of the records that was going that was you know, that was that was that people were uh uh liking. And then um uh, I got a call from I think it was somebody in their camp and they were like, Man, we just got a drink first, we out of here. And it's like, Yeah, you got a drink first, you're really out of here. But like, you got the verse or are you about to get the verse? Like, nah, like, check your email. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> So that was dope just to see him embrace them. And again, like it, it, this story is told over and over, man, just to see people come from humble beginnings and, uh, you know what I'm saying, work hard and have a vision and know what they want to be and then become like mega stars. It's just so cool. You know what I'm saying? And that's why that's why it kind of pains me when um, unfortunate circumstances happen and people get shot or killed because they haven't reached their full potential. You know what I'm saying? You never know what someone's full potential would be if you just don't live out the process. So um, for the people that were able to survive and are here, then salute to them. And for the people that we lost along the way, you know, definitely prayers up. Mm-hmm. And just thinking about it for all the people that you've been around, Chinks was someone that you established a relationship with because something that's interesting about you, and I think it should be that way for a lot of DJs in the game and working with artists, is that you want to build a relationship with an artist before you really start making some records together. Yeah, Chinks uh, pulled up on me in New York when I was working on my album, showed me a lot of love, had some conversations. Um, it's kind of like that with everybody. I met Dobie. Dobie came to my uh, video shoot, shouts to Frank White, um, and just... We just started building, you know what I'm saying, put a project out shortly thereafter. Uh, all of these people, we were talking about future doings. Like me and Chinks had a record. It's actually me, Chinks, and Joel's, and we are trying to do the video in New York. Um, and then me and uh, Dobie, I mean, we, we were two or three mixtapes in. Um, had more mixtapes probably on the way, some records, some other things, you know what I'm saying? Bankroll Fresh actually was working on, on my project. Um, we did a session and he did some records 
some references for some records and we're supposed to finish those up. So I was just telling somebody today, obviously with this trouble situation and then some other situations like, is, I'm not a procrastinator at all, but there's only so much you can do in a day. So I'm just kind of on some let's get it done today type yeah. of energy. Like, let's not wait till tomorrow because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. No, you're, you're exactly right about that. And Nipsey Hussle was someone that you met at one time too. And he was telling you, oh, get on this, get on this. He was like, get on your hustle all the way. Like he was like, you're hustling, you're relevant. Your name is out here, but man, like you can do so much more. Like get on your hustle a hundred percent. And it was weird because I'm not the person, I'm the person to tell other people, get on your hustle. I'm the hustler. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But we were saying with make sense. So I'll never, I'll never, I'll never forget that. Like we talk, we spoke on the, on the tour bus, uh, right, right at the Rick Ross, R. Kelly video. Um, and you know, he gave me so much game and just that five, 10 minutes, like he gave me so much game and I salute him for that. Long live Nip. Yeah. And people are carrying on the legacy right now. Rest in peace and Nipsey hustle. And just everything that you've spoken about and making it in your career, because you, you've spoken about it before and taking losses. And when you'd get that win, it would blow that loss completely out the door in which you didn't even want to feel that loss. What was the most pivotal loss that you took early on in your career in which when that win did come along, it erased the feeling of that loss? We had losses, man. <laughs> you know, but the, the, the front end of that question is you have to, even if you're looking at your favorite athlete, like, do you know how many times they had to lose before they won? I'm not even talking about the NBA career or the football career. I'm talking about, like, life. And I'm talking about, like, how many times you had to shoot the basketball and miss before your shot got nice. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's the front end of the question. The back end of the question is, it's hard because I never considered like, you know, they say it's not losses, it's lessons type thing. Mm. So it wasn't, it wasn't like one particular instance of a loss. I think that it was uh, in trying to figure it out. I think that it was a span of just kind of like, it's not connecting the way you wanted to connect. Well, you might think you have a moment and then that moment comes. And then because you weren't prepared for the moment, and I tell people that all the time too, then you weren't able to maximize that moment. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, I think that's the most important thing just in losses per se is just to learn from them and be prepared for those bigger moments. But I wouldn't consider like even the mixtapes that I put out that might not have been as big as I thought that they would be. I might have my first mixtape with a bunch of exclusives and it might not do what I wanted to do. But I've also learned about the test of time. Because now I walk around and people be like, man, you got an underground mixtape from 2004. I still bump to this day. I'm like, really? I don't even have that mixtape. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so everything that you're doing, you got to just really kind of be heartfelt with it and do it with, with love. And then whatever the outcome is going to be, you have to accept it. But you have to be patient with the outcome because the outcome can be short term or it can be long term. Exactly. And that's an important lesson told right there. And just doing radio. You were doing XM radio at a time, too, in 2007. Yeah, I started on XM Radio um, and then eventually transitioned into uh, local radio right here in Atlanta. So, yeah, that, that was a platform, too, for a lot of uh, artists. First interview, um, a lot of artists, their records were broken right there on Hood Rich Radio. So that's also that's also dope. I think we are going on um, 16 or 17 years of Hood Rich Radio, which is which is uh, another blessing. So. A lot of viral moments, especially with Waka Flocka. 
Waka Flocka. That was his first interview. Future and Two Chains. Well, when Two Chains became Titty, from Titty Boy to Two Chains, that was uh, his first interview. as Two Chains. Um, and there's some other people. Pinky the porn star. That was another big, big one. You know what I mean? Kind of <laughs> un, un, unprecedented territory, but a good conversation nonetheless. And yeah, it's just dope, man. We try to create. Uh, we try to promote dope music and dope conversation on Hood Rich Radio. That's what the platform has always been about. A surreal moment was when you got to interview Janet Jackson. Yeah, that was the win. Yeah. That was the win. <laughs> that was the win. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, not just just to see how how she moved um, at her level for uh, her to come in and just you know salute the platform and thank us and just for her energy to be so humble and for her to give me some words of inspiration is just cool. Um, it just shows me like a lot of people like at your level, you seem to be, you know, so grounded. And I'm like, yeah, it's because we're all, at the end of the day, when you take all the accolades and the names and all that stuff up, we're all humans, you know what I'm saying? At the yeah. end of the day. So yeah, that was one of, that was one of the moments and that was, that was just one of the moments. That's one of the big wins, you know what I mean? Yeah. One of them, one of them, one of them. <laughs> Another big win was going on tour with Montel Jordan. Yeah, that started my whole tour. I was fresh out of college. I went on tour with Montel Jordan. I learned a lot from him um, and the crew. Um, that led to touring with like Crime Mob, D4L, and some others. So I think that that was uh, necessary uh, just to kind of really learn the industry or, or to learn the part of the industry where you have to tour and pack your bags and you're not going home for a month or month and a half and you're living out your suitcase. And if you get a cold and you got to perform, damn it, you got to perform, you know what I'm saying? It ain't no, it's like, it's, it, it beats your body up in one respect, but it also lets you know what you're capable of in, in another respect, because I'm telling you, no matter how excited you are about a tour, when you get to day five and you ain't in your own bed and you ain't in your own habitat, like it's tough. But um, I think that, that um, I think, I think that artists should do tours even before they become big. So they know what they're getting into because that's, that's the, that's another big backbone of the culture and hip hop. Like you gotta be able to go out there and move around and, and tour and connect with the people. Yeah. And especially during the pandemic, that was tough because that's, a, that's the main way some artists make their money as well. Absolutely. So it was important to get back out there with the restrictions being lifted and just getting into more with your career, eventually all the way leading up to big facts, the big radio show that everyone knows about and eventually getting on revolt. That was huge for the show. Yeah. Um, it's something that me and Banks started. Uh, Jay came along as well. And we just wanted a platform for uh, conversation. You know what I'm saying? Factual conversation. And, uh, you know, we've had some amazing sit-downs with whoever, Birdman, 21 Savage, Lil Baby, and so many others. And then we have a spinoff now, Big Facts Friday, which is just about conversation of the culture. You know what I'm saying? Like just talking about the culture and just talking about real life circumstances. So that's that's growing at an exponential rate. And we're looking to get we're looking to give our audience and our core following, you know what I'm saying, as much of that as possible. And and recently, and then which I was watching an Instagram clip that came across my feed, it was you speaking about being at peace. And and that mm-hmm. brings something to, to my attention. What is your definition of making it in this industry? Because there's levels to it. Was it you being on tour with Montel Jordan? Was it you getting the label deal with Rick Ross? Was it Hood Rich Radio Building? What was it for you getting on Revolt TV? What is I mean, your definition of making it I mean, in this industry? All of it is that, but nothing is more important than me being who I am and me being happy with myself. You know what I mean? 
So all of that is fine. Like you can go through your accolades. I can go through my accolades. It's fine. And we're blessed and we receive them. But if I got accolades and I can't go outside and be respected, then I lost. It doesn't matter how many accolades or how much money you have. You know what I mean? So my biggest win is uh, knowing that my close friends, my real friends love me and I got love for them and they're proud of me. My family is proud of me. You know what I'm saying? Um, hopefully my daughter grows to, you know, look up at her pops and be proud of me. You know what I mean? That's, that's the real wins. And the fact that, um, and this is not, this is not a bragging thing. Like I haven't clocked into a job in 18 years. You know what I mean? So it's, I've been able to feed myself and help feed others with my talent for 18 years. That's the win. You know what I'm saying? We love, we love the plaques and we love all of it. You know what I'm saying? But without, without the respect, Without your peace of mind and without your well-being, without your well-being, give me one minute, one minute. Right. Uh, without your well-being, then you you just, you know what I'm saying? You're lost. And I think that's why some people become so huge. Hollywood stars in the hills. They got all this money. They got every material item they could have ever imagined. They feel lonely and alone and unhappy. So you got to find true happiness and know what the real wins are. Accolades are cool, but that doesn't, that's not a means to the end. You know what I mean? You're right. What's next for you, DJ Scream? Because I know you want to get into stocks and real estate. What's next for you? I'm already in that, man. You You're like... in that, yeah. <laughs> Congrats no, on that. No, just, just being the best brand that I can be. The found, my foundation is big for me. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we're a youth empowerment foundation, the Scream Foundation. Uh, that's just out here trying to make a difference in the community and teach the youth. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a lot of, I had to bump my head a few times. I didn't have certain people to tell me certain things. I had a great family upbringing, but you still as an adolescent, a teen, you still bump your head sometimes. Uh, so the foundation, the Scream Foundation, that's big. Tap into that. Of course, Big Facts, the podcast. We're trying to go number one. We're already like top 10. Uh, shouts to the homies, Bank and Jay. Um, you know, media as a whole. I'm back on the, uh, I'm back on some, you know, the world's back open. I'm back touring, you know what I'm saying, doing some events and everything. And that's pretty much it. And yeah, definitely from a, a financial literacy perspective, they've been making some some good investments. So we know it's really messed up right now, but I think that if you study like crypto and stock markets and real estate and all that, then that's, you always got to have different ways to create income because you never know. And COVID showed us all that. Thank goodness that I was already moving into a podcast and investing in stocks because all of a sudden, if you're a DJ and you got to go outside and get your money, you can't go outside. So what's that means you can't get your money. And there's a lot of DJs that were hurt by that. There was a lot of artists that were hurt by that. So have multiple ways to have multiple ways and multiple endeavors to not only create money, but to keep yourself engaged, keep yourself sharp. That's my opinion. That's right. And, and you were named the top five DJ by the source and top DJ of the year in BET in 2010. And just keep on going with the accolades and congratulations on everything that you've achieved and everything that you're doing with the radio show and for the hip hop culture. DJ Scream, you're appreciated. OK, absolutely. Appreciate the conversation. Much love to you. For sure, man. And they can follow you on Instagram and Twitter. DJ Scream. That's it. DJ Scream. Tap in with the movement, man. We, we, we're going to get big, bigger and better. That's right, man. DJ Scream, thank you again for coming on the show. You're always welcome anytime you need any promo or anything. I appreciate it. Okay, all right. Salute to you. Salute, man.